Hello there, I'm Donna Britt and welcome to my podcast, Season 1, Episode 2. This episode, Anxiety Pie. <laughs> we're going to talk about anxiety and uh, I'll explain why we're going to talk about it once we start talking about it. And I'm also going to talk about one of my coping tools for my own anxiety, which is baking and cooking. And we're going to end up um, talking about an amazing coconut cream pie that I made once upon a time. It's connected to my anxiety. And because it's a cream pie and because cream pies can be very intimidating, I think, and I'm going to give you tips on how to do a cream pie successfully, how to do a pie pastry from scratch, homemade pie crust. Yes, you can do it. And also we're going to talk about meringue because I like my coconut cream pie with a big, high, fluffy meringue on top. So we're going to talk about those three components of a cream pie and how you can successfully bake one yourself. Everybody should know how to bake a pie, at least one pie, whether it's an apple pie or a um, chocolate pie or a coconut cream pie, like the one we're going to talk about in this episode. So anyway, hope you can hang out with me and let's get going. Let's start by talking about anxiety. And the reason I want to talk about anxiety is because, oh, about 2.4 million Americans are affected by panic and anxiety disorders. And growing up as a little girl, I was having constant anxiety, but I didn't know that that's what was happening to me until I was a young adult. I was in my late 20s, early 30s um, because of a, a bad relationship thing. <laughs> I was compelled to go see a counselor to make sure that I wasn't crazy. Um, and I found out I wasn't necessarily crazy, but I did have anxiety and I realized that I'd had it my entire life. And anxiety can be from what I understand. And listen, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a counselor. I've seen doctors and counselors. And if you're suffering from any kind of um, psychological hurt or pain, please see a health professional, a doctor or a counselor. But I do know that anxiety can be genetic. It can be psychological. It can be environmental. Um, I think part of mine was probably genetic. My grandma my granny, as I call her, um, you know, she was always having to take her nerve pill. And as a little girl, I didn't quite know what that meant. <laughs> but uh, I realized later on in life that it was probably some sort of antidepressant or anti-anxiety medicine that she was taking. And um, she was a worrier. Um, and her name was Agnes. I remember when I was eight or nine, my daddy was calling me little Agnes because he said that I was a worry wart like her. And um, it's because I was having a lot of anxiety. And, and that can show up as, you know, fear, worry, apprehension, um, nervousness. So anyway, as, as I grew up and then I did get some help for my anxiety in the form of just counseling. And I started to figure out what could be my coping tools for anxiety, along with breathing, trying to get good sleep trying to eat healthy and exercise, um, baking and cooking became one of my tools. So if I was feeling really anxious about something or excessively worried about something, I would, I would bake. I still bake. <laughs> and it, it was a way for me to focus and it would help calm me down. I'm a, I was a single mother when I was raising my kids and my son, who is a wonderful, wonderful young man, and he was a brilliant, funny child. 
as a teenager, he was pushing it as hard as he could. He was just taking it right to the edge all the time. And he was off in the life of the party. And he always knew that he could call me if he was in a jam. And um, I got several of those calls when he was, you know, 16, 17, 18. And one Saturday night, I was having a bad feeling anyway, and he was supposed to be spending the night with a buddy. And it was probably 2 or 3 a.m. I got a call from an unknown cell phone number, but I answered it because when you have teenagers, you answer any incoming call in the middle of the night, especially if they're out somewhere. And he was saying, hey, I need you to come get me. My phone is dead. I borrowed another phone, but you need to hurry. And I'm at such and such exit off interstate, whatever. And I'm in a parking lot. I was like, okay. So I jumped in my car. I raced down the interstate. I pulled into this parking lot. There were some random people there who said, uh, yeah, we think he went that away. And I started driving around a neighborhood that I was not familiar with and a part of town that I was really curious as to how he got there. <laughs> and lo, I don't know how it happened, but I found him. He was walking along the side of the road. He saw me. He jumped in the car. We raced home. Uh, he wasn't really wanting to answer very many questions. Of course, I was in mom interrogator mode. And um, I got a little bit out of him. He was just with the wrong person at the wrong place at the wrong time, one of those situations. And I was just super grateful that he was able to call me, that I was able to find him, and that he was okay. So we got home, he went to bed, I laid in bed staring at the ceiling, thinking my lucky stars and um, God and the universe and whoever that it all worked out okay. So the next morning, Sunday morning, I got up and I like to cook on Sundays. Everybody was sleeping in and I decided I was going to bake a pie. Now, typically, I'm a fruit pie baker. My mom is famous for her cream pies, banana cream pies, chocolate cream pies, coconut cream pies. Oh, my gosh. And I never really felt like I had the patience to bake a cream pie because you have to stand there. Okay, we're talking about a real one. We're not using the instant pudding mix, okay? We're going to make the cream. And when you do that, you have to stand at your stove and you have to stir or whisk the entire time. And you cannot leave it, not for one second, because you're going to scorch your pudding. And that's not any good at all. I mean, it's just, you can't eat it. So I decided for some reason, I decided I was going to make, because I love coconut, a coconut cream pie. And I was going to do it from scratch. And I was going to remember all the things that my mama told me about how to make a cream pie and how to do it successfully. I ended up making the most incredible coconut cream pie that has ever been made, at least at least uh, in my house. <laughs> and I ended up calling it, thank God my son's alive, coconut cream pie. So you can get that recipe, of course, at DonnaBrickCooks.com. But I just want to talk to you about the, the components of this coconut cream pie and kind of break it down and give you some tips on how you too can bake a successful cream pie. First starts with the pastry. And the pastry itself, because for this coconut cream pie that I'm talking about, I just used a regular uh, pastry. I didn't do a graham cracker crust or anything like that. So I just did a plain pie, pie crust. My favorite basic pie crust for a pie like this is flour, sugar, salt, butter, a little bit of vegetable shortening, and some ice water. You'll find all kinds of pie crust recipes out there. I actually collect them. I have them from my aunts and my great aunts and my 
grandmother and my mom and some people use vinegar, some people use eggs, some people don't use any sugar, some people use only shortening, some people use only butter, but I like to use butter and shortening. Shortening gives it the flakiness and butter gives it some nice flavor and you can also put spices in there in your crust like uh, cinnamon or cardamom is a nice spice. You could use vodka instead of ice water. Yeah, I learned that from an experienced pastry chef. Uh, you can get the themes and variations of the pie crust recipe on my site. But the, the main tips, I believe that the shortening butter combo is what is going to give you the flakiest, best tasting pie crust. I also like to double the recipe when I make a crust because you can freeze your other crust for later. Uh, it's really easy to do. You flatten it into... Uh, a sphere shape, wrap it in plastic wrap, wrap it in foil, and it'll keep in your freezer for up to about 30 days. Once you have your crust, next part, the custard part, the filling, the pudding, pudding, custard, cream, whatever you want to call it. You're going to need a double boiler, but if you don't have a double boiler, I don't, who does? I mean, really, you can make one. And here's what you do. You get a large, medium to large pot, and then you get a smaller pot that will sit down in that larger pot. You put some water in the big pot, but not so much that it touches the bottom of the smaller pot. Okay, so let's go through that again. You have a medium to large pot. You put a couple inches of water in the bottom. Then you put your smaller pot inside it, nested inside it. Make sure that smaller pot doesn't touch the water. You bring that to a boil, reduce it to simmer. So the heat that is happening in that smaller pot, which is where you're going to make your custard, is coming from that hot water. So it's not on direct heat. And the reason you don't want it on direct heat is because there's the danger of getting it too hot and scorching it. And when you're dealing with things like milk, which is what you're going to use to make your custard, you're filling, you're putting milk and butter and eggs, you you just don't want to have it on that direct high heat. So you're going to make your makeshift double boiler if you don't have one. That's going to be easy for you to do, trust me. When you start to whisk it, your, your milk and your eggs and your butter to make your custard, you have to stand there and whisk it constantly. <laughs> you cannot walk away. You cannot get distracted. That was the biggest challenge for me. It's still the biggest challenge for me. It may take as little as seven or eight minutes, or it could take something like 15 minutes. It is. It does vary because of so many other factors, and that's how it is when you're baking. It could be the humidity. It could be just the way your stove is. Maybe it just doesn't get heat up the same way somebody else's stove does, whatever. So you just want to whisk it until it starts to thicken. And once it starts to thicken and get thick thick enough where it's actually sticking to your whisk and it's thick like pudding, then you want to take it off the heat. And that's when you'll stir in vanilla or any other flavorings you might want to, to stir in. And that's the key to, those are the keys rather, to your custard is double boiler, constantly whisking, and not leaving. <laughs> you must stand there and whisk. That's why it's meditative. That's why it will help you calm down if you're having an anxiety attack because you have to focus and concentrate 
uh, while you're making the custard. Now it's time for the fun part. Well, one of the fun parts. It's all fun parts. But there's something about meringue. And here's the thing about meringue. Your egg whites need to be at room temperature. So put your eggs out ahead of time while while you are doing the whole rest of the pie making process. And when you separate your yolks from your whites, make sure no yolk gets in with the whites because if it does, your egg whites will not beat and they will not form peaks and it's not going to work out at all. So room temperature egg whites, no yolk at all in the egg whites. You also want to make sure your beaters are clean the beaters that you're beating with. Whether you're using an old-fashioned rotary beater or a KitchenAid, it doesn't matter. The beaters just need to be clean. And when I make a meringue, I like to make a big meringue. Some meringues call for only two egg whites. I prefer, prefer rather four or five so that you have plenty of meringue. There's no such thing as too much. <laughs> you can't have too much meringue. And another tip for making a meringue and this is this is fairly old-fashioned I mean you can you can look at cookbooks from the 50s and 60s and you're going to get this same kind of information and that is that when you you start to beat your whites with your cream of tartar if you use cream of tartar in your meringue recipe and usually I do and then you want to start sprinkling your sugar in just a couple of tablespoons at a time and wait 10 or 15 seconds before you add the next couple of tablespoons of sugar. You also want to make sure that you get your peaks where when you lift your beater up, your peaks stand up, okay? You don't want to overbeat it though. This is why people get freaked out about meringue. You're thinking already. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh my gosh, that's 10 rules already. (laughs) But it's just about practice and it's just about doing it. And if it flops, it flops. I hate to waste food and ingredients, but eggs aren't that expensive, and it's you got to try, and you're going to learn from your failure. One final tip about meringue. When you spoon the mounds onto the pie filling, you start at the outer edge, and you fasten the meringue to the crust. What that means, there's no space between the meringue and the crust. You want to seal it. Otherwise, it's going to, when it bakes, it's going to pull away and there will be a gap between your meringue and your crust. And that's no good. I mean, the pie will still taste just fine, but you want it to be pretty. So spread the meringue all the way to the crust. And then when you put it back in the hot oven to brown that meringue, do not leave the kitchen. As a matter of fact, turn your oven light on, look through your little oven door and watch it. Don't burn it. Because that really sucks when you have this beautiful piled high meringue pie and then you burn the meringue, you don't get to eat it. You have to scrape it off, throw it away. No good, no good, no good. And as usual, you can get the detailed recipe and all of these handy tips (laughs) online at DonnaBrickCooks.com. And I do hope you'll give it a shot. You too can bake a cream pie and enjoy doing it. So I hope you like my, thank God, my son's alive, coconut cream pie. To bring it all back around now and wrap things up, remember we started the conversation talking about anxiety and how the coconut cream pie is dubbed my anxiety pie. And seriously, if you or anyone that you love or care about is suffering from any sort of anxiety or depression, please 
contact a healthcare professional. We have some links online, and uh, otherwise, do a Google search, talk to your doctor. Um, there are all kinds of helplines, and there are wonderful counselors and psychiatrists and doctors who can help. There's no shame in any kind of mental illness. So please get the help you need. And thanks a lot for listening. I'll talk to you again soon.